0: I'm Jennifer, and I'm Randallin,
1: and we're people
0: talking about people. Hi, Jen. Good morning, <laughs> Jen. I am I am excited today, not only because this was an idea that I had come up with, but I think we one of the things we said when we like started people talking people is that we kind of wanted to have episodes that were very constructive and episodes that were a little more, I don't want to say like out there because I I think we have a point to what we're going to talk about today, but that are less of maybe what you were expecting. I mean, Jen's a leadership coach. I work in marketing and copywriting. And so I think it makes sense for us to talk a lot about, you know, leadership and feedback and telling your story and like communicating effectively and all of those things are fun and exciting and great, and we love talking about them. That's what we do for a living. Obviously, we're we're very passionate about those things, um, but we're people, and there's such a broad range of things that people can enjoy. So today, we're going to talk about something that is a little bit more on like the broader, <laughs> kind of out there on the spectrum of things that people can enjoy. I am the oldest of. Six kids. I have been well acquainted with children for a very long time, grew up babysitting. I've gone to more baby showers than I'd like to admit in the past year. Thank you, quarantine. Um, And one of the things that I I have noticed recently is there is a trend in baby showers to kind of bring, I, I feel like it's I'm, I'm kind of unsure how I feel about it in its entirety because it's like, not only do you have to buy a present, you have to bring a book and you have to bring diapers. And I'm just like, you literally added like 10 more dollars to the cost of me attending this baby shower. Like I'm going to go broke attending baby showers, Jen. Um, but anyway, now instead of just bringing diapers and a present, you're supposed to bring a favorite book from like your childhood or just like your favorite children's book in general. Um, and if you're in a fortunate enough position to, like, have kids that are aging out of children's books, you can kind of just, like, give some of them away. But if you're like me, who doesn't have kids and doesn't have 500 copies of the book that I love to give away, like, you just got to keep buying it. Like, I am solely keeping Amazon Amazon books alive now based on my baby shower Attendance habits, Uh, um, but anyway, it's a long-winded way of saying. Today, Jen and I are going to talk about kind of like the lessons and the children's books that we have kind of carried with us, why we love them, um, and just kind of what we've taken away from them. I am a big, a big believer in the fact that you you can find inspiration everywhere if you look hard enough. Um, I feel like there was there's been a big shift and a trend into like mindfulness lately, and I think that has maybe contributed to why I am finding a little bit more in my everyday life. I'll go read a a book to my sister and be like, wow, that one line is like very impactful. Like why have I never thought about this specific part of life before? Um, And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the things that kind of draw people in and the things that stick with us and why they do. So, Jen did I explain that well? I feel like this is kind of like, okay.
1: I think you explained it perfectly.
0: I think you explained it
1: perfectly. I'm I'm excited too, because I think this conversation can go in a number of different directions. So to your point, I just want to hit on like, you can find inspiration anywhere. Like I think that's a really important statement and it's very true. So today we're talking a little about children's books. Um, you're going to have a lot more of those sort of raw inspirations because some of this is very fresh on the mind, both with your younger siblings and babysitting and some of this. And then I, just as we were talking I pulled a couple books off the shelf that have been kind of some of our favorites and sort of, again, that reason why, and we'll talk a little bit about some of that. But I think the, the big message here is where are you looking for inspiration or are you just going through the motions of buy this book, buy this book, watch this show, watch this show just because everyone else is doing it. Or are you finding something that's going to be inspirational or motivational for you, your children, your nieces, your nephews, your best friends, like whatever. Um, so I think it's going to be just a fun, fun kind of conversation to, I don't know, hopefully get people thinking. Plus it's always fun to hear what random shares that Randolyn comes up with um, as we go through. So I'm excited. So I pulled a couple of books off the shelf, um, but I know you kind of had, I think the baby shower theme is, is a really good sort of topic of conversation when, when we had the baby shower for grace. Well, first of all, it is ingrained in my mind because I was extremely ill. Uh, it was the only time in my entire pregnancy that I was actually sick. And it was like flu type sick, like my mom and my sister and a bunch of them came to visit and gave me the flu, which was just horrible, as you can imagine. Um, and so it was like day two of the flu where it was like, all I could do was drag myself there and sit in a chair and just try to be present. So it was a very like, we'll say horrible memory in that sense, but everyone brought a book And they had the, the books were addressed to, to grace with a message. So the book was like the card, essentially, they were like, they sort of wrote something to the baby and um, to myself in, in the book. And one of my girlfriends um, is just like a crazy book. I mean, she's a book lover. She's like very much like you, Randall. And I should connect the two of you. Um, She's moving to Jersey. Maybe I should connect the two of you. Uh, (laughs) They, they, she just has these kind of like between her and her family and her kids and her growing up she's just kind of always been like very intentional about the books that she shares so she would have been a good person for me to like text and ask but one of the books I remember very specifically that she gave uh was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory um and what's interesting is you know we have since read a lot of the Ronald Dahl books and I think one thing I think is interesting about those series is there's a lot of controversy within them. There's a lot of things I do like. There's a lot of things I don't like, but there's actually a lot of great conversation between Grace and I that has come out of reading some of those books where we'd have to pause and say, well, let's talk about what this means and the impact that this has. And the other one that she gave was, um, I'm not going to remember the stinking title, but it's the one where the uh, gingerbread man like comes alive and runs away.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh! What's it called? I know now it's pop. It's in my Christmas. Like run, run as fast as you can! You can't can't catch me 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 on the gingerbread. Yeah,
1: yep. So a couple of those random ones, but not the typical. You know, I I mean, I think I got a couple Dr. Seuss or something like that, but not some of those like typical ones were in her pile specifically. And I have a couple favorites that since Grace has gotten older that we really love. But I want to hear from you because what? Here you are. You're going to these showers. Are you giving everyone the same book? Are you kind of, do you have like two or three favorites you're rotating? Like, and why? What is the reason why?
0: So I've not given anybody the same book. Um, I I have a lot of favorite children's books for different reasons. And I have some that are like very near and dear to me that I will probably only ever give to my own children. Sorry, I'm going to love them more. Like, I don't, I don't know what you want me to say. Um, and then I have some that I, I feel are just like exactly what somebody else needs. Um, so for example, like I, I went to one of the Hill family favorites, which I need to go buy like seven more copies of, because I don't believe it's in print anymore. Um, and I'm like very nervous about not being able to have this book for my own children one day is called going to sleep on the farm. and it's just super cute. It's like one of those children's books where there's like two sentences on every page. So it's just like a quick kind of like page turner read. Um, but like the images are pretty, and I, I don't know. Like it, I just have such fond memories of like being read that book every night before bed. It's like a three minute read, like not a hard one. You just kind of keep going and it's cute. And, you know, you go to sleep and whatever. Um, but so I had a baby shower for a family who lives on a farm. So I gave them, you know, going to sleep on the farm, um, which I thought was like very applicable. Uh, um, and the, and this was like a very special um, pregnancy and baby. Cause the couple had been struggling with infertility issues. So I just, like, I knew that everybody else was going to give the, like, you're our little miracle kind of like books. Um, so I wanted to like, try to get something that wouldn't be kind of like a repeat give. Um, so I picked something a little bit more out there. Um, the most recent shower I went to, um, was for twins. And I never know what to get twins because I feel like, do you buy one book? Do you buy two books? Like they're not the same person, but they're like the same. Like I just never know how to buy for twins because I'm like, I don't want your kids to believe that they have to share everything in their life because they're going to have different personalities. They're going to have different names. They're going to, you know, they're going to have different social security numbers. And I want to affirm that they're like different people but also like buying separate for twins is so expensive because you have to buy two of everything. So I just, I gave one book, um, but I decided to go with like Johanna Gaines' latest child children's book, um, which is like the world needs who you were meant to be. Um, and I felt like that would kind of send the message to twins that they were allowed to be different people, but they could like still be, I don't know. I just, I, I kind of probably overthought that one way more than I needed to. Um, but one of my most favorite children's books to give, um, that I've not given recently and I'll probably give to the next shower I go to is, um, on the night you were born. And I gave this book actually to one of my little siblings when they were born. Um, and it's, it's like a board book, so it's a little bit more of like a a baby esque children's book. Um, but I I remember like reading this book. I was babysitting this kid, and I was reading this book before they went to nap time. And I literally just sat. Like I finished the book, and I sat there in the nursery with this kid and this kid just like fell asleep. And I was like, what kind of children's book was that? Like, why do I feel like this has changed my, like I'm 15. Why do I feel like I've just been like, severely impacted by this children's book? Um, that I just read to a nine month old, like what is happening right now? And I actually just Googled it. Cause I wanted to read you guys the exact quote that I love from this book. Um, and there's a couple, because I'm just, like, obsessed with the book as a whole. But the big one that I really like um, says, On the night you were born, the moon smiled with such wonder that the stars peeked in to see you, and the night one whispered, life will never be the same, because there's never been anyone like you ever in the world. And there's... And I've only got, like, half of it. And the second half of that quote is, like, and there'll never be anyone like you again, or something like that. Um, and I I love... Giving children's books that become reminders, like even though culture wants everybody to be the same person or think the same way or dress the same way or act the same way, like there is so much courage and bravery and authenticity that comes when you choose not to just kind of like do what's easy, um, but do what's right and be who you are and and stand firm in your beliefs and you know change the world because you love the world. Um, I just, I love, I'm a sucker for those kinds of books.
1: We got that one too. And I love that one too. I think Grace really enjoyed reading that one, but I think your point is a great kind of segue into one of my favorites. Um, I was trying to remember the story. I know this was given to Grace when she was in kindergarten by her kindergarten teacher. Um I don't know if you you might not have even heard of this one Randall and I'm not sure it's just a really basic one but it's called Mixed. Um but it's this really just have you heard of this one Randall? I've not
0: heard of this no? one. No, okay.
1: I think it's just really sweet. So, um it just talks about like in the beginning there were three colors, reds, yellows and blues. And and then it talks about how the different colors are different and something happens to where Uh, They go from all living in the same kind of community in the same area to kind of getting in a big big disagreement and deciding to sort of like split off and segregate themselves. So like the reds live in one area, the yellows live in one area, the blues live in one area, Um, and then just kind of goes through some of the lessons and then at one point like a blue and a yellow, sit down and have a nice conversation. And, and then we find out basically they get married and have a baby because then there's a little green one that comes out. And then all of a sudden, everyone's kind of living together and the communities are mixing and there's green and there's magenta and, you know, like every color of the rainbow of of these little babies. And there's just like a, a couple nice little, I mean, obviously it's a good sort of moral story, but I, I like in the end kind of even just how they, kind of recap it where it's just really simple actually here I'll, I'll even just read it to you because I think it's really sweet um here we go here it is the old neighborhoods of Redville Blue, Blue Town and Yellow Heights did not make sense anymore everyone wanted to live together so they rebuilt the city the new city was full of color it wasn't perfect but it was home so it's just like a really good little simple basic kind of story but I don't know why I love this one it's just I obviously it's a good message but it's just really sweet and it's easy to understand and it's easy to read. And the um, author, the artist, his name is Ari Chung. I think he has like a couple books, but since kind of discovering him, we've actually taken some of his like art classes. He does like really great children's online art classes, especially during COVID. And all of them just have like really fun little messages um, where you're kind of really tapping into your creativity and uniqueness. So he's just kind of an interesting author that's sort of taken it out into the the world and tried to like teach other messages. And so we've just kind of been really happy with that one. And even though it's really simple and Grace can read it herself now, it's just fun to, to tap back into.
0: I love that. <laughs> I have not heard that of that one, but that's a super cute one. Okay. I'm going to go have to buy like, I want, I should just start ordering books on Scholastic so I can get teacher discounts. And no. then I just like have a stockpile of all the books I'd like to give. And then I never have to buy another book for a baby shower.
1: It's a good idea. A good idea. The other one, um, which is also Scholastic, but uh, in kindergarten, Grace's teacher had a lot of animals in the classroom. They had like a hamster, a turtle. I think they had a fish. There might've been something else. I think they had two turtles actually, but their class pet in general was a turtle and it was Franklin. So I don't know if you've ever read the the Franklin book series. (laughs) She's like getting all excited now. Yes. Franklin's the best. Um, so Franklin was kind of like their class kind of stuffed animal, you know, mascot kind of thing. So if if, Fra- if Franklin, like there was like a little re- pinch his arm and he would say something or whatever. So if Franklin would say something, all the kids knew that meant to like turn around, you know, hands and lap, pay attention to the teacher, you know, typical public school stuff, but pay attention and be quiet. Um, <laughs> but it was just a, I had never heard of Franklin prior to kindergarten. And so she kind of exposes to these books and they are a little bit longer, but they all just have really great little stories and morals. The one I grabbed off the shelf was Franklin's Thanksgiving, but there's different holidays and there's things like Franklin makes a friend and, you know, Franklin has a boo-boo or something. I don't even know, like all these different kind of Franklin stories, but it's stuff that in that like kindergarten, first grade time, kids would experience and be exposed to, whether it's like bullying or, you know, family issues, like all sorts of different stuff. And so I really love the Franklin sort of book sets and book series and I feel like sometimes they're harder to find but they're just really genuine and sweet and that's something I could say I would have never been exposed to had her teacher not you know shared that in the classroom
0: I totally forgot that Franklin was like a book series I watched the the tv mm-hmm. like video like we had VHS tapes of yeah. Franklin yeah and I watched those. I totally forgot that they were like books as well. Oh, man. I, I love that's
1: something we can like unearth on YouTube. It's probably out there somewhere,
0: right? Oh, probably. <laughs> My mom still has the VHS tapes. Do you have a VHS player? I'll no, know. definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> um, I don't even know if you can buy a VHS player anymore. Probably not. Um, mm. No. Oh, I love Franklin so much. Okay. Um, one of the other books that I have not given recently, but that I think about quite often, especially as I've gotten older and I have experienced a lot of, of life, I think about the Velveteen Rabbit. Um, and there's like a, a quote, I think it's, I think it's near the end, um, and it reads, it doesn't happen all at once, you become. It takes a long time. That's why it doesn't happen often to people who break easily or have sharp edges or who have to be carefully kept. Generally, by the time you're real, most of your hair has been loved off and your eyes drop out and you get loose in the joints and very shabby. But those things don't matter at all because once you're real, you can't be ugly except to the people who don't understand. Mm. And I just think like, life is so hard. There is not really anything easy about life, especially now. Um, and anything that feels easily, you're usually doing wrong and find out that like it it ends up being like ten times harder than you thought it was gonna be when you finally get there. Um, and i I just love this idea of like, if people can't understand your story that's okay. Like, they're, they're not your people. They don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are people who are going to understand and find that, like, the things that have shaped you and molded you and formed you are really important and they are super authentic and they're what make you who you are. And that is beautiful. Um, I just, I love children's books. I just, I know. I know. I'm going to stop reading real books and just, like, forever read children's books. Hey, that is not a bad
1: idea. That is truly not a bad idea. I I think you might be onto something there. But so I think what's important in that message that you're sharing too, um, it, something that comes to mind for me is sometimes with reading these books, it does have to be a little bit about just the moment with the the person, the reader and the the listener, if you will. Um, and sometimes it's just okay to have a little fun too. Like they don't always have to have these perfect messages um there's definitely a couple books that we love that just make us laugh you know and they're silly
0: there's one of the hill family favorites it's called chickens to the rescue oh I love that one yeah (laughs) I love chickens to the rescue um or chicka chicka boom boom oh I love that one too I was thinking about yeah Yeah. uh uh-huh yeah oh have you
1: ever read um duck on a bike or Click Clack Moo. Click Clack
0: Moo, yes. I'm no, not stuck on a
1: bike. Those, those are ones
0: classic back. ones too. Yeah.
1: The other one that I really, I, I think probably was my favorite book when Grace was younger that someone gave me. Jen, was, can I
0: interrupt you here real quick? Of course, yes. Okay, I just want to tell a really funny story about Click Clack Moo real quick because <laughs> apparently it's not as like, I've come to two conclusions. Either one, it's not as widespread and like well known as I thought it was, or two, my boyfriend grew up under a rock. I'm leaning towards two because he also can't say the word mutual correctly. He says it mutual, which is like a whole other thing. He's <laughs> insistent that the world is wrong about the way that we say the word mutual. Um Anyway, we were talking about Click Clack Moo the other day and I was like, you know, the children's book where it's like click clack moo, click clack moo, clickety clack moo. And he was like, what on earth are you talking about? And I was like, you know, Farmer Brown and the and like the, the chickens who get the type ti- or the cows who get the typewriter. And then they ask for electric blankets for, for them and the chickens and, the, and then duck who's supposed to be this like mediator ends up keeping the typewriter and then they, like, the ducks get a diving board in the pond so that Farmer Brown can get the typewriter back and he's just staring at me like I've grown three heads and it's like I don't understand how you've never like read this children's book like I, I feel <laughs> like it's such a popular children's book I'm gonna
1: guess that it's a this isn't a, an age timing thing more than anything because you have been reading books And around other kids for a while. But I didn't know about this book until Grace was around. I didn't read it when I was a kid. Okay. So Uh, I don't know. We'll have to figure out what's the, if we can figure out like the origin. Oh, here we go. Originally published, 2000.
0: Oh oh my gosh, that book's as old as I am.
1: (laughs) But that could be part of it, right? Just the timing of when it was published, so
0: potentially yeah potentially
1: there could be um but I mean there's so many of those those sweet fun ones like that the click clack moves and all that there's one that my I pulled out too off the shelf that my mom gave um Grace I'm trying to remember what I think it was just like it was about a little girl who um so it's called Zoe Gets Ready um and it's really just about this little girl who um, on the weekends, gets to pick what she wants to wear. It doesn't have to follow anyone else's rules. She gets to be creative and pick what she wants to wear. And she's kind of debating, oh, if I wear this, I'm going to have a creative day. If I if I do this, I'm going to have a touch the clouds day. And if I do this, I'm going to have an adventure day. So she kind of is d- deciding between all these different outfits that are going to, like, shape the day that she has. And then at the end, she basically walks out with all of it on and decides to just, like, <laughs> wear every single piece. Um, but it's just really, it's really sweet. And it's one of these ones where it's very easy for the kids to kind of like memorize after you've done it a few times. So it would get to the point where we've read it a few times and she would kind of pretend like she was reading it to me. And obviously she wasn't saying all the right words. She didn't know how to read at the time. Um, but that one has always just been a really sweet memory. And my mom, you know, wrote this like super long novel inside the book as a as a gift to her and so it's again it's just sometimes it's just like what reminds us of you know our situation or makes us laugh or something along those lines but the one I was going to tell you because I think you'll like I think this is one you would like to reminds me of click clack moo and duck on a bike and all these other ones um someone gave us a copy of little blue truck and I had never I had never heard a little blue truck. This is probably the another hills, one where it's probably two thousands or something, right? Like, I have no idea.
0: The but hills it, are very big fans of little blue truck. That we is probably one of my all favorites. Of them. Yeah, like, and there's a few. Yeah, little blue yeah. truck. A little blue truck goes to the city. Little blue truck, springtime. Little blue truck, Halloween. Little blue truck, Christmas. Little blue truck. Like there is a little blue truck, we have it.
1: <laughs> I love that one too. I just that was one of the ones where you know after a while again I go like I have this thought of. When you're reading to these babies, sometimes it's like, oh you know they're are they retaining any of this so it's like at least it's entertaining to me kind of a thing um that was the one that I would constantly like just go back to because I just enjoyed it and thought it was really fun and sweet and yeah I don't know that was always always a favorite
0: we love those um Steve, just fun ones there was I don't know that i I would call it a series. I mean, they were board books, so they were like six pages long. So I don't know how much you can attribute to like the writing of them. Um, (laughs) But there was like a series of books called That's Not My Blank. And they were like kind of the sensory like touch and feel books. So we had started with the like That's Not My Train um, because my dad worked on, on in the railroad industry and like worked on trains. So like trains are really big in our family and then we got the like that's not my monkey that's not my cow that's not my this that's not my that and then um we got my little sister like that's not my unicorn book um and those ones are super fun because they're super repetitive um and so even at a very young age we were able to like flip through this book with them and they'd be like that's not my monkey it's you know paws are too furry and like they would like read along with us and then we'd get to the end and they'd be like that's my train um <laughs> and they were just like super fun and super random and they're they're a little bit I like books that are a little interactive at times too um so that's a fun one because they got to like touch and feel the pages and be like a part of the story instead of just like consuming the story I
1: think that's great I love that so that's kind of where like i'm at now right this sort of segue into grace can read most stuff on her own um so we're getting into really short small chapter books and although she could sit down and read a chapter book it would probably overwhelm her so we have to start very small
0: has grace read the amelia bedelia books
1: Oh yeah, yes. I definitely. love Amelia Bedelia. Yes. We w- I like Amelia Bedelia. Amelia, Amelia Bedelia is fun, although I hate reading them out loud because you have to say Amelia Bedelia 500 times. Girl,
0: why? wide. Oh my gosh, tongue it drives me crazy. <laughs>
1: I I think at one point I told her, I'm just going to start saying Amelia because I can't, I can't do it. I can't say Amelia with 500 times, but what's interesting about this, this stage that we're in, of course, there's a million books I didn't know existed. So we're getting exposed to a lot of really great options from other parents are making suggestions, but one of the series that a lot of people suggest, I just do not like.
0: (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Can I guess? Yes. Is it okay? I've got a couple guesses. Okay. Guess one Judy Blue. No, because
1: she's not old enough for that yet. Okay. Because um, some of those are a little bit longer. I'm talking yes. smaller, okay. smaller chapter books still.
0: um Guess two. Oh, I know. You're I can gonna know I can as soon literally as I say it, you're going to know. Picture it. the book. It's the girl who's, like, uh, he's got an attitude problem, I'm guessing.
1: Junie B. Jones.
0: Junie B. Jones. I knew it started with a J. Nail on the head. Nail on the
1: head. Yes. This little girl is, like, she's a brat. She's a brat. She has an attitude problem. She's always, like, getting in trouble. And it's not, like, horrible trouble, like, nothing Mm -hmm. that's, like, just really bad. But it's, like, just bad enough. And then because it's only just bad enough, I feel like everyone's sort of, like, oh, it's just Junie B. And then they sort of like brush it off. And I'm like, what? Like, no, I, don't, I do not like the message in this story. Like, So we read a couple of them and I have a stack because they're like this cute series that everybody passes down and everything. I actually just got rid of them this weekend because I was like, I don't even want her to read these books. There's too many good books out there and I just feel like they're sending a bad message. But that's just me. And now some other parents are gonna hear this and be like, what? Those are bad? I don't know. That's just my opinion. I just don't like it.
0: (laughs) Um you are not the only you're not the only person I know who does not want their children reading Jeannie B. Jones. I grew up reading Jeannie B. Jones.
1: Um I did too. And and it's not like I turned out to be a bad kid or something like that. I just I just feel like there's so many other good stories to read that, you know why bother with these ones that aren't so great?
0: Right. Um, has Grace read? They're probably, well, I think the early ones are about the same size as Junie B. Jones. The early, like, Magic Tree House books yet.
1: Yeah, she's gotten started on some of those. Um, they do a little bit of that reading in kindergarten. And then in first and second, they, you know, actually start reading the, the chapter books, too. So we have a small handful of them. She's just uh, kind of yeah. to that point where she can read it all, but it's, I have a hard time convincing her to sit down, like for, undergo a bigger and, and like to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's cause, cause she really likes to see progress. So we mm-hmm. have these great, these really small, short scholastic series, which are kind of like Junie B. Jones style, but I feel like have much better endings. Um, and they're called like Billy B I think is what mm-hmm. it is. Um, but they're, you know 45 pages but the the font is quite large and spaced out so she can sit down and Less than an hour and finish a whole thing, and then to her it's a huge victory. Like oh, I finished a chapter book, you right. know, in, in a sitting. So to her, that's kind—that's of, kind of the age where she's at is she likes to finish. So we're still on some of the reader level twos and stuff, just because it's that like great sense of satisfaction of right. I've read three books today, or you know, something along those lines.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you're just building your confidence. And That's what my mom had that problem with Maverick because he's he turns ten next month which is heartbreaking Crazy. to think Crazy. about because I literally <laughs> remember like going to the hospital and Crazy. holding him not a baby anymore mm-hmm. hours after he was born mm-hmm. I suddenly feel very old um so anyway he turns 10 next month I'm, I'll cry about that later uh And for a long time, he was very, very smart. He, I mean, he still is very, very smart, but he was kind of like too smart for his own good because at the same time, like he was totally capable and competent to like read much larger chapter books but similarly got very overwhelmed at the thought of like reading a chapter book. So for a long time, my mom was like, I don't know what I can like make this kid read. Like I don't just want him reading, you know, little blue truck all day long, but I oh. also want him to like get in the habit of reading. And and so we fought for a really long time on like what books would be like age appropriate for him to read because he was so advanced. And it was just like a very, It's a very complex situation because I feel like once you're out of the children's book phase, there's nothing that's like incredibly wholesome until you get to these like drastically larger chapter books. And then you can do like Narnia or like, I know some, some little kids have really enjoyed reading Lord of the Rings. I was not one of them, but I know some people have that. Like I, that's what it is. Um, or, you know, the Magic Treehouse series or Geronimo Stilton, but like all of those, I there's not like a good in-between of like, okay, I need like a less than hundred page book. But it needs to like I need like an abridged version of the Magic Treehouse series.
1: Right. I, I think I think you're you're absolutely right. And that's definitely the spot that we're at right now. Um and I've actually found through research quite a few options at the library. But to your point, they they're just that weird. Is it is it kind of more like a children's book still, or is it a little bit more giving them content that they can actually consume differently? So it's still that real basic basic read, just a little bit longer. Um, right, that's definitely the phase we're in. <laughs>
0: Okay, Jen, our next adventure together will be making an in-between children's book series. It's not a horrible idea. It's not a horrible idea. We can call it The Amazing Grace, and it can be tales of your daughter. (laughs) (laughs) If you'd like to contribute to the publication costs of The Amazing Grace series, shoot Jen or I an email. We have no idea how to do this. So, also, if you know how to do that, that would be great as well. Um,
1: advice and direction uh, accepted.
0: Advice, direction, suggestions. You know, if you just want to like steal our idea um, and publish, publish our books for us, that'd be great as well. That's
1: okay too. We just need some content. We need something. To yeah,
0: read, so. yeah. Not, we don't really. We don't care about the credit. We just need content. So, right. uh, you know, if you make it happen perks to you (laughs) now Jen uh we've gone on for a really 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 long time today and I have like loved every every second of this I am hopeful that our listeners have enjoyed it as well and if they didn't I'm hopeful that they'll tell us and we'll know not to do something like this next time um but I want to close us with one final piece of maybe like inspiration i don't think inspiration stops with children's books i think there is a lot of just due to the the nature of children's books there's a lot of very wholesome content in them um but i don't i don't believe that that's where the story ends i was watching an avengers movie of all things last night like okay let's pivot and talk about superheroes and pg-13 fight scenes um but I was watching a uh, Civil War and there's the scene um where this niece talks at her aunt's funeral and one of the things she says is if you if everyone is telling you you're wrong but you know you're right it's your responsibility to plant yourself like a tree to look them in the eye and say no you move um, and I it just was like a fresh reminder to me that as we're kind of in this gray area with a lot of things in life right now and different people with differing opinions and there's so much like persuasion happening in the world i my my takeaway from that and my challenge to you guys is to remember that you you have wisdom you have the ability to think for yourself to make your own decisions um and it's on us, it's on us to plant, plant ourselves like a tree when we need to, and when we're ready to fight those battles, um, so that was, like, my, my Sunday morning, my Sunday evening, like, pet me up for Monday morning juice, and then this morning, I spilled coffee all over my pants, and it looked like I peed myself, so, you know, it comes in waves, you, you gotta take the good with the bad, um, but that's kind of where I'll end this today, um, and I'll let Jen add any closing remarks. But I, I hope that this, this podcast serves as a reminder to you guys that inspiration is everywhere. Um, if you're willing to take two seconds and think about it beyond just the, the consumption of, oh, I was just listening to the radio or I watched this movie or I heard this podcast. Um, I think the more we can, we can think through the things that we're encountering in our lives, the more we can take away from them.
1: I think that's wonderful. I don't really have anything to say. I just think that your inspiration comment is so true. And now more than ever, we should be looking for inspiration everywhere. Not just assuming we're only going to get it in one type of media or one type of form. So wonderful.
0: Thanks, Randolyn. Thanks, Jen. All right. This episode of people talking people was produced and edited by Jermaine McClellan, AKA the Afrocentric jukebox.